What the fuck is self-clar? Hello, 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 hello. It's Baron Vaughn, and this is self-clar. Hello. Um, you know what? I don't have to do a gigantic big old rant at the top of this show. Oh, who, who do I think I am? Mark Barron? Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, that is a pun that I've never gotten to pull out. <laughs> that is a pun I have never gotten to whip out. I've tried to, 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 to text it to people and they're like, hey, I don't appreciate, I did not consent to this. So puns, puns are like dick pics. They, the explanation is the same. It's also a pun. I got nothing. Uh, hey, what's up? It's uh, Baron, and um, this is a, a good show. I like these people that I have on the show, these people. Well, you know, it's Katrina Davis, as you always will hear uh, with, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I give it a new title at the end of this one. I, I think I call it uh, What Gets Your Cat or What Cats Your Goat, something stupid, of course. Right, right when she thought she could rely, right when she thought she found some normalcy. Here I come with the rug pull. Just when you thought this tablecloth would take all of the cutlery off the table, voila! Magic. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Um, but my guest, guest, if you will, that's double guest, guest squared. And he ain't no square. <laughs> I ain't gonna dare try to go there. Oh my good God. I am, I'm, I'm high on life right now. Um, Solomon Giorgio. If you don't know Solomon Giorgio, he is a, a mover and a shaker. Uh, he has done stand-up on a bunch of different shows. Uh, please Google his name. Um, he is also um, a fantastic writer, uh, having been in r- different writer's rooms around the wood of Holly. Um I'm not here to brag on Solomon's uh, credits, but, you know, he's he's out there. He also just, um, you know, happened to be in a very good place, as I kind of did. I feel like I'm kind of coming back to some sort of something. Anybody else? Anybody else feel like you're coming back to some sort of something? A thing. A thing that you cannot name. Does it does it contain something? Yeah, there's some. Is there anything in it? Yeah, there's some. What kind of thing? I don't know. I don't have words for it. Because it's not really a um, thing you can articulate, I guess. I'll say more about that in the middle part. Yeah, I'm going to do a middle part. But right now, here is fantastic comedian and uh, f- better dresser. He's almost as good of a dresser as I am. Oh, what am I talking about? I don't even know. I am sitting here with bedhead and uh, clothes that I have not washed and a body I have not washed either. That's the best thing about podcast. You can't smell me. But I can also paint a picture that will um, hopefully tickle your nose hairs. <laughs> with uh the colors of scent my good god um anyway here's solomon giorgio nothing from nothing leave nothing 
does it mean for you to process your own trauma? Like what, what kinds of shit do you try? Oh, I, um, well, I do this thing where I just sit down and I think <laughs> about everything I ever did in my life mm-hmm. and I just sit with that on repeat. And, yeah. And then you're like, wait a minute, two months have gone by. <laughs> I've been sitting here this whole time. Just reevaluating every embarrassing moment in every tiny, tiny, tiny detail. Yeah. So what is that? Depression, anxiety? What is that? You know what? Um, I don't know because I don't feel bad after I'm done doing it. Yeah. You know what it is? It's kind of like the way here's a way of thinking about depression. I don't think I've ever thought about or, or, or put forward before, you know, how people will like put on law and order and then they just somehow have watched three seasons Mm -hmm. because the writing is just so compelling. That's what anxiety is like. That's what depression is like. It's a show written by your inner demons <laughs> that you go well you know i got a couple moments let me just put this shit on and then suddenly you've watched a whole marathon you're and just... you're like characters unwelcome you know about your own self okay that's the dumbest shit i've ever said no i get it it's like hey you know 1997 we got to think about that and just get really into it <laughs> okay so there's this book um, that was suggested to me by uh, a couples therapist I once saw. If you hear a little baby in the background, that's because they're, they exist. Um, <laughs> it was called If the Buddha Were Married, which I think was a sequel to If the Buddha Dated. Have you ever heard of either <laughs> of these books? You talking about Buddha Tinder? I've read that book. I've, no, I'm not familiar. <laughs> Whoa, Buddha's on Bumble. Wow. <laughs> I thought he'd be on Raya. You know what? Um, Different yeah. kind of energy on Raya. Nobody needs to, not everybody needs to be on there. You know, I'm making references to shit that I've never used. So I don't, I, I don't even know. I've never been invited to Raya. I think it's a process that I'm like, I'm. Oh, you I don't have to be invited? To, yeah, I just want to add flavor to my desperation. I don't need to do the extra mile. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a flavorful <laughs> gentleman. Um, Okay, so this is this is what the, the the idea of that book is, or at least one of the ideas that became you know kind of embedded in 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 my relationship. Sometimes when you become triggered, you know, you brought up the you brought up 1997. That is mm. not a random ass year, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Your subconscious is locked in on that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes when you're in a, a, a argument, if you will, with one's partner. You know, most arguments are based in the past. They're usually not from Mm -hmm. the present, you know, because when you decide to be in a relationship with someone, they say, you know, you're asking to be reparented in some way. You know, your parents are the ones who kind of fucked you up (laughs) or or uh, taught you some good stuff, you know, that you put forward in your intimate relationships, whether you like it or not. But of course, these experiences that traumatized us when we get when we get triggered we're there again it's time travel yeah i guess yeah so sometimes when your partner is triggered one of the things that is suggested to say is how old do you feel right now <laughs> that's and most people will be like i feel 120 motherfucking years old i was like no 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 like whatever you're feeling whatever you're expressing might be from an age you've already been Mm -hmm. you know and you go 
uh, I feel like a teenager. I feel 13. I feel 11, you know? So sometimes the idea is, well, then perhaps, you know, I don't know if your partner's supposed to say this. <laughs> They'll be like, well, maybe you should go fucking figure out what the fuck happened to you when you were nine and get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> you can say that, but that probably wouldn't be the most constructive way to do it. But the idea is to be with whoever you were mm -hmm. because that is unresolved. That still is there, you know? Yes. Uh, so, yes, what, what do you guys say? Your responses. Look, I fully agree, but I've you want me to go back to my African mother every time <laughs> I'm projecting. That's going to be another set of trauma I'll have to add on to them. <laughs> Oof. Okay, so... <laughs> You were you're you're first generation. Uh, you were born here. Or you were not born. No, here, I'm, I'm an immigrant, so I was I was a uh, yeah. An immigrant. Came here when I was a kid. Get the job done. <laughs> I think that's from a musical. I believe you. I don't. I don't. I as much musicals as I watch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're an immigrant. I know you as a person from Seattle. Yes. Uh, Pacific Northwest. Um, by way of Ethiopia. Correct. Well, I was born in Sudan, but my family's Ethiopian. Oh, okay. Okay, yes. All right. So, yes. But okay, my so memories of Sudan are very, very limited because I was like four when I came here. Okay, all right. So then, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were very, very young. But you grew up in Seattle, basically, mm -hmm. and with parents who do remember, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Sudan. Sudan. Yeah, yeah. And um, have those priorities, you could say? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, they're very much... Our house was Ethiopia. Like, it doesn't matter where we, we were placed. Once you walk into my family's house, you're in Ethiopia. <laughs> the, and so... Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. No, no, no. You know, and I know you. <laughs> people... I know you. Some people might not. And, you know, it's always occurred to me that when you are... Um, a black immigrant that you have that double experience of being of having a culture that isn't american mm -hmm. and then also having a very american experience at the same time especially a black american experience oh yeah just figuring out racism as a family that's always fun <laughs> <laughs> Talk about it. Oh, just like having my mother go, Solomon, what is nigger? I'm like, oh. Uh. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, and how old were you? Would you I was you six. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it's just like, it's a whole responsibility. It's like, well, who said it to you first? Did they say it with the R at the end? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> was it an was it a person who was black <laughs> yes. that said it and did they say my before mm -hmm. that would be because wow that's go ahead go ahead uh, especially like in my house like my parents were like it's it's more about nationality than it was about race like my parents were ethiopian and everybody else was american they're black americans they're white americans but they're not ethiopian and that's sort of the mm. predominant uh thing that was going on in my household so there was prejudice in that realm uh uh on my parents part so it was very but also like it's almost like it was like this mentality of it's a closest to black privilege that can be explained because my the default in my house is black <laughs> yes That's of course just, in, in our minds the way we function the way we talked so i think it's also that's that was definitely like even though there's an introduction to racism the benefit of the immigrant experience is not being 
being taught in any format in my household that black is second class. So there's, right. so there's you, that element. Your parents did not receive that indoctrination growing up. Mm -hmm. So they were able to kind of give you that in a way, but at the same time, you're growing up here. Mm -hmm. yes. you know? Oh yeah, I for sure wish my parents gave me a warning about the cops, but... <laughs> <laughs> They but thought they, they were good guys, they... too. <laughs> oh, wow, 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 wow. Yeah, okay, so this is, this is. I don't want to get too deep into this, but I would assume that, you know, this is, I feel like some of these things happened, like, 97 was really relevant. For, for, <laughs> for... <laughs> to be fair, it's like 1993 to 1997. <laughs> okay, so you, you, all right, because you're an immigrant, you're, you're a black man. You're a gay black man. You grew up in the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. So it's like you've got uh, what they call uh, intersectionality. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a couple different things, different dynamics this going on. There's a lot of adjectives happening at one mm -hmm. time. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, but, you know, I would assume that because of what you're talking about, you're, you're talking about this this uh propensity to dwell these days mm -hmm. so i guess it's like with all this in mind what are the things that you keep feeling like you're coming back to that you can't that you can't that you're like oh you again you again <laughs> motherfucker i thought i squashed you oh it's just for me it was just i was a kid an introvert kid with social anxiety so i can easily overthink it's like the the minutia of things I've said, uh, and I don't think it's I don't think it's relevant to anyone who was part of those memories. Uh, it's just my uh, need to focus in and think people, and also assigning negative thoughts to other people of me, which is hmm. also that's that's definitely not true. <laughs> it's like nobody thinks of me that much. Nobody's nobody's hunkered down and going truly hate Solomon twenty four seven. Need to keep thinking about. It. But so your your assum the assumption is that someone else hates you. Mm -hmm. Well, the is assumption that, was your that somebody else uh, is sort of almost like ashamed and like that's I think that's the thing with being humiliated or embarrassed. There's always it's the projection of what other people think of you. Mm -hmm. When on average they don't, no one really thinks that negative negatively of you, and no one like they're doing the same thing to themselves. Uh, you have to be truly a terrible person for anyone to be like, ah, you embarrass yourself. I enjoyed that. <laughs> yes, but that does happen. <laughs> you know, we both experience terrible yes. people enjoying our suffering or wanting to be the ones who inflict the suffering. That is true. Um, but those like terrible people, it's easier for me not like for some reason, like if it's somebody who did something wrong to me in any way, mm -hmm. that for me is like a power. Like if you, if you make me spiteful, I know, mm. I know that's definitely one of my strengths. Spite is where is where I've gained most of my success from. That's Spite amazing. Is what caused me to become an entertainer? Spite is what made me a writer. Like these, like yeah. If somebody wants to be hateful, please, it is uh, more than more than welcome because I will definitely definitely beat you in the game of life. Is kind of how <laughs> I think about it. <laughs> but besides that, you know, okay, so you you've you've ridden that spite to great heights. Mm -hmm. You you surfed it, you know, and you've you've turned it into an art form, literally and figuratively, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> like being a comedian, you know, being a writer. Um, so you, but then when you're not 
being a comedian and being a writer and say you are being forced to be inside because of, I don't know, some unprecedented global event um, and you have to be with yourself a lot. Are these things there in ways that are unhelpful? Um, yeah, because you're if, if somebody who is a constant observer with mm-hmm. nothing to observe. <laughs> you just you, you just kind of. You kind of just like like especially like like I didn't realize like I'm not a very social person like I'm not like I definitely love going out I definitely like hanging out but I definitely like watching other people do things I like mm-hmm. to witness stuff I like to eavesdrop I like gossip I like to be involved in, <laughs> in sort of uh, especially the comedy community which is an all-consuming community when we're performing yeah uh, it's to just all of a sudden not have that it is. Uh, you just the day is long. <laughs> the day is too long. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they and it almost feels like I like I kind of have to break up my days into into segments. Uh and <laughs> I had to and I preoccupied myself. I started I started, like I was like I, I did the, all that baking stuff. Uh, <laughs> well you found all these doing. different ways mm-hmm. to occupy yourself. To, and that's to occupy your mind. Yeah. Uh I just needed stuff. I need to fill up my day with stuff that I can avoid. So that way, I didn't think of the <laughs> stuff that I want my brain wanted to focus on. Well, okay, that's that's how it started, right? Like, if I do mm-hmm. all this stuff, I can avoid my mind. Yes. <laughs> so there, there is something to that, you know. But I think that the opposite end of that spectrum is they always say it's so good, you know, healthy to have a habit, to have some sort of practice, mm-hmm. you know. And if it's baking, so. I wonder, like, did those things at some point just start to be comforting to you? Or? Oh, yeah. Now that, like, it's mastering a skill, mm-hmm. especially a skill that has constant, which is what I did with with comedy. Like, I yes, yes. would go, I'd had a new joke, I would focus on build, like, and making it better and better and better and editing it over and over again. And that's what essentially is what I needed was those kind of hobbies where I can gain something new and mm-hmm. try to get better and better at it. Uh, and I just saw, I just through the, through the quarantine, I slowly realized, oh, there's a ton of stuff I wanted to do, and I've just just gave up on it because mastering it requires time, which I didn't. But now I have time. I'm just gonna be out here being a chef. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be a yoga yogi by the end of this. Who knows? Like there's, but, but these things are also just things that 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 purely benefit you though. Mm-hmm. Like you reap the immediate benefits of your food you know you're feeling good in your body right yeah and i'm a terrible audience member i'm very unimpressed (laughs) (laughs) what does that mean a terrible audience member like i like i definitely there's there is that brief moment of joy but eventually i'm like oh look at you (laughs) you you figured it out good for you now you gotta go figure it's like it's Mm. like i don't i I think i'm trying i'm learning my i'm trying to teach myself to take that moment of pausing and go like congratulate myself because i relied on other people to do that for me for so long especially as a performer that's the laugh (laughs) the immediate gratification the ha 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 i recognize the effort yes coming up to you after the show to say hey you're the funniest person i saw tonight i'm like please say it louder so the other comics can hear it (laughs) (laughs) and there's the spite yet again (laughs) well it's feel for everyone (laughs) yeah because that's the whole the whole point of this thing is to kind of you know figure out like how you're doing 
you know, how you are, but also like those things that you're, you're finding that are helping you that are getting you through. So like mastering a skill is what you're like. That's kind of what you said that I liked. Yeah. It's well, even like, like you just, it feels good to see yourself develop an ability uh, that you set forth to do. And like, there's like, I've been doing it through, like I like for now I just started doing yoga about a month ago and to see myself getting more flexible even though it's like in a small increments that's a very empowering feeling uh and it's going to only benefit me in the future to be able to you know you not not throw up my back every time I <laughs> bend over too quickly <laughs> mm yes of course but at the same time you're saying that you don't give yourself um time or space to like really appreciate those improvements i i have well with yoga i have because it does force you to stop and think about it <laughs> that's mm, the only yeah okay that's, that's so that's why i started being i'm i'm trying to do more mindful stuff mm-hmm. essentially so that requires me to take a moment to be like okay see look what you did you did it <laughs> did you have a practice with this stuff before the the panty d started no 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 like anything uh oh, so this been- is all shit you picked up during Anything that benefited my health is something that's brand new to me of the last year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, because I've done everything possible to try to start working out, to do like, and, but like literally within the last year, it was the first time I ever was like, okay, we can do this on a regular basis. Mm, okay. Okay. I also see some, uh, some kettlebells behind yes, you. There's kettlebells and weights that I, that I have for the moment that I can't use for a little bit. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> You're just like, just dedicated to shit. Uh, yeah, because you strike me as a person with, um, you know, more than a modicum of, I would say, discipline and uh, even resolve. I would say, well, I, I would say it would seem that way because uh, mm-hmm. that's just sort of how I present myself. But I was, mm-hmm. uh, was a very messy person <laughs> underneath it all. Well, yeah, I mean, that's your personal life, though. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, <laughs> that's the stuff that no one gets to see, you know. That's oh, yeah, not... no. I will always present as the most pristine bitch in the room. That's just... <laughs> that's just the African nature in me. There's no way we can... Ha, ha. <laughs> so, okay, so those are the things that have also been coming up for you. Yeah, that's, that's essentially what it is, is sort of just... Uh... Being well, especially like I had health issues at the top of the pandemic, so that's kind of mm. what caused me to sort of reevaluate exactly what I need to be doing with my body and and how I how I take care of it. And it's it was so unimportant to me in the past, and now it's like okay, you're gonna you're you're gonna need to ca- keep having it, so <laughs> you're gonna have to take care of. Do you mind if I um, investigate a little deeper on your health <laughs> issues? Oh yes, you can always. Uh, I was. Um, uh, I, I have an internal hemorrhoid problem, uh, and they were they were bleeding because I was always severely dehydrated. Uh, and oh man! So yeah, at the top of the pandemic, I got a blood transfusion, uh, and then whoa, <laughs> and that was uh, and then I had to get the internal hemorrhoids removed. But because of uh, the pandemic, that had to wait. So around October, I got them nice and cleared out. Uh, mm. <laughs> and that was that in itself that's that was the like i'm much happier now to mm-hmm. not shit blood uh that's looking forward <laughs> to it every day <laughs> whoa shit so so literally shit um so what was like how are you like emotionally at that time 
Because this is like all was happening like while the world was starting to slowly shut down, right? Well, it was at that time that, uh, like, so after the hospital uh, pandemic started, I got very sober and was very like, "Be careful with your body. You don't. You only got the one." Uh, and then hmm. a good friend of mine passed away, uh, and that was. Then I was like, "Well, <laughs> time to go back to old habits." Uh, and so I was drinking, mm. doing everything again, drugs, Some brief, brief alcohol. Shit. Mm-hmm. But then after, you know, driving, like waking up home and my car is in my, in my driveway, I'm like, well, I don't know how that happened. So mm. we're going to have to stop doing that again. <laughs> wow. 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 Okay. So you were in a dark place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For lack of a better word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's, that's the thing is like, I, I can definitely... I'm very good at uh, not appearing as if I'm doing a lot of uh, terrible things to my body, but mm. it's def- it's yeah, it was t- it's taking it took its toll, and now I have to just be very aware of that and just conscious of it at all times, mm. and mm. just take mm. it day by day, <laughs> day by day. And how is that? Um, it's it's a, it's a day. It's, it's a whole. It's a brand. Uh, I've definitely. It's gotten. It's, it's gotten easier. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. But I have like I was alone for the majority of the quarantine, and then I got mm-hmm. my brother to move down here with me. Oh wow, that so was I, my question: if you lived yeah. alone or not. I was, and but now that my brother's here, it's made life a lot better. He took care of me after my after my surgery. Uh, so I was. So I want to cry for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. I, it really is beautiful. I feel bad for him. Like, I don't know if I could only imagine having to look at somebody recovering from butt surgery, but, <laughs> <laughs> but he would just walk into the room and I'm just on the floor, ass up, just groaning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how's your butt? <laughs> You'd be like, oh. I'll get you some soup. And yeah, essentially, like he would be like, "Is there th- anything I can get you?" Like, wh- like he was truly the doing the best he can to take care of me when all I could do was just, just cut, just growl. And <laughs> did you have a? Were you? You know, I hate to sound ignorant as hell, but were y'all close before this um, whole thing? Like, I, we've always been relatively close, but this is probably because we're living in the same city mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. for so long that this is. The, like this is the most time we've ever hung out uh in a while but it's he doesn't like it's one of those situations where me and my two younger brothers there's really no way they can in, like invade my mental space like i can function with them existing near me and not be bothered at all because that's your family mm-hmm. well no there's like there's other family members that i can't do that with <laughs> <laughs> I have a yes, big enough you, family that there's... Of course. You could, there's other family members you, you can't do that with, mm-hmm. but you can only do that with family. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yes, that's very true. Like, I, he's, he's, he's part of the section of the family that doesn't upset me when I hear them eat cereal. Like, he's... <laughs> you know, I used to think that when I was younger, I had a complicated relationship with someone in my family, and the sound of this person eating... <laughs> <laughs> annoyed me just just kind of it wasn't even that loud but i was just kind of like you're taking in fuel i was just annoyed it was like oh, you're yeah. gonna have energy for some bullshit <laughs> later that's what you're gonna have damn it taking in fuel to be an asshole i would that's, that's all i was thinking 
that's a, it's a specific love that you have to have where it's just it hinges on hate as well mm. <laughs> where mm, you can just mm. you can't suffer through the sound of someone's lips smacking <laughs> at all well okay well here's the thing solomon because you know um i'm a bit older than you i think i have absolutely no idea how old you are but i do know <laughs> that i um have a family you know i have i've i've made one you know mm -hmm. with a partner and i have these children and stuff like that i don't know if that's anything that you have been ever been interested in um you are no you're shaking your oh, okay. <laughs> you're shaking your head like i mean um but you know so regardless of that because that's a big thing like for me i wasn't in the best situation growing up mm -hmm. And this is the thing I'm trying to be more, more, more honest about, you know, yeah. for not even necessarily for others, but for myself, because I, I kind of never, well, no, not kind of, I keep saying kind of to like undercut it. I have never processed a lot of things that, that happened to me and I never accept, accepted them in a way as true physically, if mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. I understand intellectually, conceptually what has happened to me. But in my body, you know, in the way that it makes me feel every day, in the way that it makes me act, you know, that's the stuff that I really didn't, I, how it makes me function or it makes me dysfunction is the stuff that I am now having to, you know, really think about, especially because I'm raising two mofos, mm -hmm. you know, I'm raising two children and I have to daily give them something that I did not receive. And there's nothing like that to make a mofo see what, <laughs> what they did not get. Yeah. And in your situation, you know, you have to be with yourself. And you're in the dynamic in which, you know, you have your one brother or two brothers with you. I well I only have the one brother with you. Okay. Okay, so you have one brother with you in this insane time then you have the pieces of your family that you don't deal with right and then you have the pieces of family that you do deal with so i guess what i'm really aiming at is all of this is just to say like i have to rethink what i think a family is right now that's yeah. that's what it is and i'm rethinking actively what i think a family is and what mm -hmm. my family is to me you know, the ones I have had my whole life. Um, and so you doing that, <laughs> that's, the, <laughs> that's the longest way to get around to that shit. It's because I'm searching for it. You know, I'm like, all right, let me just surf through the stars for the ideas and I'll come back. Yeah. But well, you know what I'm talking about, Solomon? I think so. I know it's, I meandered. Uh, <laughs> like familial bond is, uh, it's sort of, it's. Familial it's, bond. What a, what a more <laughs> efficient, succinct way to say that. Because it's also, it can be abstract as well as very real. It's really like, it's it's definitely something you can't just easily break. Mm -hmm. But it's also really hard to maintain. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, it's, like, especially when, like, you get, especially when you're looking through the eyes of when you're being, as a child. Because uh, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that I'm trying to understand is that I'm viewing a lot of stuff. Uh, when it comes to family from my view, from from a child view instead of my mm -hmm. adult view. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just, 
So you, that was actually a very good point that we had earlier about discussing what age you're coming from. And I'm trying to make sure that I'm coming from the, my current age in everything now. Mm-hmm. Uh, being more present is probably what the quarantine gave me the 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 like the best of the quarantine is that is making me focus on presence and being mm-hmm. in the moment better than I ever have in my entire life. And especially without being on stage where I was always mm-hmm. present and not having that. And now that I was like, okay, I can actually activate that. now. I know, I know that I've garnered that ability through my performance. I can definitely mm-hmm. use it every day. Um, mm, mm. And I think that's sort of essentially what it is. Like I, I definitely, it's, it's for me is if I live in the moment, then whatever I'm hindering or anchoring myself to in the past that was harmful, it's no longer applies. If I take a, take that brief reeling in and just focus on what is in front of me. That's fantastic. If I can paraphrase, you're basically <laughs> saying from being on stage, the experience of becoming a stand-up, knowing that you have, you can come up with some shit that is bull <laughs> And then slowly turn it into material that works. And then not only did you get better at that at every joke, you got better at that at every set, better at your presence, blah, blah, blah. You worked on it, got good at it. So, and then you got to the place where you experienced what they would call being in the zone. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Experience and flow. So you're like, all right, I know that that state exists, right? So where else can I bring that? Exactly. Where else, how else can I bring that into my life, that feeling? That's this is j- exactly right. It's a joyful feeling. It's a great fucking space to be in. It is. It is. And joy is the joy is the right word. How can I bring joy into my life on the daily? That's and, that's great. Yeah. And I think I I think I've always separated it uh, whenever I from me existing as a person and me existing as a performer. And I'm like, there's certain like I definitely can't just be fully on. On people like that's definitely not what I'm looking for. <laughs> that's, but I can def I I can get I can but I can't be fully off anymore because that's what I feel like I was doing. I was turning myself off mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. the from the presence because I'm just like sort of soaking it in instead of just being there. Well, let me let me throw this at you. This is a concept that I I was given recently about um, the uh, pendulum swing expansion contraction right when you create you're expanding when you're in that zone you know you're expanding we have to go into that place we have to create 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 to get to that zone and it's a lot to be on stage and to be on stage a lot to travel as much as we Mm -hmm. traveled you know, you've worked in a lot of uh, different writers' rooms. That's its own different thing. You know, especially pre-pandemic, where you're in the room with a group of people nonstop. Now it's kind of a you're on a screen <laughs> nonstop with a, with a bunch of people, uh, depending on you know whatever experience you're having. So you are constantly in a state of having to expand, having to expand, having to make, having to manifest. Mm-hmm. And what it is that we always forget to do is create the space to contract because we're always so focused on making, making, expanding, expanding. Mm-hmm. So if we don't create the space to contract, uh, contract, we'll just snap back. That's what it means to snap. Oh. You can only, you have to actually just like, 
your we it will happen you will contract whether you like it or not and if you don't make the space for it it's going to be a not like it <laughs> you know kind of a situation <laughs> i get does it does that make sense that makes sense uh, it's sort of just like this just if you're going to take a deep inhale you got to exhale soon i think it's yeah. waiting to exhale is the phrase <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, 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 shoo, be doop. Is that how you exhale? Yeah. That's, is that how you do? <laughs> wow, wow. Um, that's great shit, Solomon. Um, it really is, you know. And okay, so let's get back to this familial thing too, because mm-hmm. I feel like because that's where this is all kind of born out of, you know. And that's this idea that you're viewing some of these familiar relationships from the past right yeah that's just how it works Mm -hmm. you know like the places where we have been hurt or traumatized you know i always kind of look at that like um it's time travel that's what i always say it's time travel so if you think about your life as like um a timeline from when you were born to today any time that you have been significantly hurt or traumatized, a fucking mm-hmm. stake is driven into that part, that place. And then a, a like a wrap or an elastic or a rope is wrapped mm-hmm. around it and it's tied around you, you know, and then you still have to move forward. But that thing gets tighter and tighter, you know, it constricts you more and more. It, you know, it, 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 it so it's like it holds you to it in some sort of way. Um, Does that make sense? That's kind of my my little metaphor of like, (laughs) it just you. And so those are the places where we have to kind of go back to them. Instead of just keep pulling away, you got to go, all right, let me, this thing hurts and it doesn't serve me anymore. I actually can't move forward Mm -hmm. if this is going to be tied around my damn neck. So (laughs) let me go back over here and loosen this up and see what the fuck is going on here. You know, which of course is not easy. <laughs> no, processing trauma is very difficult because you don't know exactly how to go about it. And you're just like, but essentially you have to feel the feeling. Yes, you do. That's more than like, more than anything is you're, you, if you're, you're refusing to feel something is only going to cause it to hang on harder and try to be like, bitch, I will, you will feel me one day. <laughs> you're going to feel this. Choose, choose to ignore me or not. I'm going to follow you around until you decide to sit down hang out with me and feel this. Um, but yeah, I also... Someone once said that life will bring you the same lessons until you mm-hmm. learn them. Exactly. But I also, I think with with family, especially, there is the benefit of the, the benefit of processing trauma with family is, is through care. Like, especially mm. since, like, fear of the things that happen to you happening to somebody else in itself is a concern and care that you can give to somebody. Uh, mm-hmm. and so it's almost to be, you can always go two ways with trauma to not care about other people or to care mm-hmm. for other people and to do mm-hmm. the one where you're caring for other people. That's in itself a part of healing. Mm-hmm. So like trying to save the world from what hurts you is also, is also how you process trauma too. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And this is one of your, you know, we're transitioning uh, into, I guess, what we would call self-care, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've been, in a sense, talking about all these different things that you've been doing, you've been discovering, uh, not only the things that, that you need to care for in yourself, 
but ways to care for those parts yeah. of yourself. So, yeah, what were you about to say? No, no, go ahead. I'm listening now. <laughs> no, I'm just, um, you know, I agree. You, you developed a couple different practices, you know. Uh, uh, I'm kind of envious of you, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> in some sort of way. Um, but like, uh, no, because I'm, 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 I'm working on the exact same shit. And what well, I'm realizing so working is, through things. yeah, go ahead. I'm still working through things. I'm not ahead. Of, I'm not ahead of the curve. I'm also still processing. <laughs> oh yes, yes, absolutely. But it's like, I am, you know, I just didn't understand this compulsion to hate myself. It is ridiculous. It, it, it almost entertains me in a way where it's like, I can find a way to shit on myself. Mm -hmm. I'm the first person I'm roasting. I'm the first person I'm roasting, no matter yeah. what it is. But it is... My someone, my therapist called it a um, hyperactive, punitive, mm -hmm. self-critical, uh, or you know, some some hyper hypercritical, punitive, self-active ego, mm -hmm. super ego, something. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that, because <laughs> it was a lot of words, and I'm like, sure, 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 yeah, yeah, Freud, Freud, Freud. Uh, I was like, yeah, Freud. <laughs> Freud. Freud. That's how I say, that's how I yeah. say right. Freud. <laughs> to my, my therapist. I'm like, Freud. Freud. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. that well, makes I'm... sense. That's for, like, I, like I, I fully understand the need to hate yourself because you have to spend the whole day with yourself. Uh, so eventually you can. Uh, but I think for me, it's trying to find, like, remembering what glory I have. And mm -hmm. just also, I was always a kid of uh, fantasy and living out fun moments of just grandeur and just i that's i think that that itself is also a nice little thing whenever i'm like down on myself i'm like you know mm -hmm. what you can create a whole world in your head where you can be anything why don't you just create one where you're having a good time and you're living a bigger life than you want to live because that's that's a better benefit of your fantasy than anything else but <laughs> that's great i don't even want to say anything i feel like that's like the end of this fucking interview <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of like, shit, all right, shit, Solomon. I wasn't expecting you to be all like this and shit. I'd... But yeah, like, uh, that's the thing. It's like whenever I'm getting down and just kicking myself, I'm like, mm -hmm. bitch, just sit down for 10 fucking minutes, put on a damn song, and think of yourself as a supermodel. Because why not? <laughs> you have a whole world you can create in your head, and you can make one where you are, whatever you want to be, so you might as well just love it. Shit. I mean, that's, you know, you're talking about, that's self-creation. Mm-hmm. You know, self-celebration. Oh, yeah. All right. You can't practice self-damnation. You got to... Oh, wait a minute. I'm so sorry. I just sharpened, I just sharpened for, for five seconds. I was recently diagnosed with uh, <laughs> sharp T. Uh, no, that's not even a, a thing. <laughs> just making up things now? Yeah, I'm making up things. Uh, I just turn to Al Sharpton every now and then. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm curious about... You know, you've picked up a bunch of different things during this Panty D. Um, oh, you know, I, I, I was curious about like other things you might want to pick up. Dang. Um, I probably want to get some more tattoos. Uh, that's <laughs> up in there. Um, really? I'm just, yeah, it's, what's up for with me you and ink? Oh, I just got, I got my first two, uh, about six months ago. Uh, mm. 
and they're both like memorials to people that have passed and i'm like okay let's just get an artful one <laughs> let's let's uh get one that isn't tied to to sadness <laughs> something that's about joy mm-hmm. for you so yeah i'm thinking of getting uh something i'm just i'm still in the process of deciding but yeah that's something mm. i i'm looking forward to on my list of things to like just the fact that i was able to even tolerate the pain that i associated mentally with uh getting a tattoo and getting Mm -hmm. over that i'm like all right i could do that i could do it again (laughs) dang okay solomon you sound like you're in a very good place um it is the weekend. Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> right now, it's kind of a nice day here, yeah. you know, in the apocalypse. If you talked to me on Tuesday, we'd have a whole different kind of discussion. But... <laughs> Next time I talk to you, middle of work week. What a fucking, what a fucking middle of work week, damn it. But you, you got me after a full eight hours and a nice sunny day. Oh, right. You still get those. You still get I did those. my sun salutations for my yoga this morning already. So you got, you get the best version of me. <laughs> Are you are you interested in, in having a family or anything like that, Solomon? Um, I don't be real. I don't think of myself like do I want to have children? I'm not sure, but I don't think I'm short of making a family with friends and bonds like that because I think that's also that's a very meaningful family to me is my chosen family as well. So. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I guess I'm talking about that sort of like um creating a life with someone. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. It doesn't necessarily have to have children in it, but there is something to raising children that when you are, you know, with someone that you want to be yeah. with can add or subtract <laughs> from, that, <laughs> from that situation. And, uh, you know, some people are interested in it. Some people are not. Yeah. Um, like it's, it's something that I don't like. It's, I'm never going to I'm not a person of the never say never uh, mm-hmm. club. Uh, but at the moment, I don't even have a plant. Uh, <laughs> my the, the, my lawn is just dirt. Uh, so. <laughs> you know, I I really I, I have to say these approximations of <laughs> you should learn to care for a dog or plant before you have a child. Bullshit. Oh, fuck, I know. fuck all that. <laughs> fuck all that. Um, well, you know, I I I hope this is not insulting to you, Solomon, but I do I do think you would probably be a pretty good parent. Oh no, I'd be an excellent father. I 100% know that. Uh and maybe one day. Uh but right now, you know, there's there's young comics that I can be a mentor to. There's <laughs> cuz they are truly trying too much. Uh <laughs> Talk about it. What you <laughs> What you oh, no, say? No. I just um, no, I'm not. What's your message even... for young comics out there right now? I actually do enjoy young comedy a lot. I think that's mm-hmm. sort of, and I do like that feeling of mentorship. Uh, and if anybody needs something from me, uh, I also like being proud of young comics. I also love what the scene has become, especially from when I first started umpteen years ago, when there was like, you could count all the gay comics in one hand. <laughs> And, mm, mm, and now mm. I can. There's an, like just to see even like a queer black comedy community. I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> there's mm. there's enough of us for me to lose track. <laughs> <laughs> wow, a beauty in losing track. Oh my god, I just I want to be able to. Whenever I think of black people in a field, I want to lose track. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what I want. That that's that's the point of inclusion is not having mm-hmm. to think about it. Wow. Okay. Great. Well, Solomon, I'm going to let you go. 
um anything you want to shout out you want to plug or anything like that um well uh i'm just you can, I'm just you can be plug yourself or um, you yeah. could plug something you want people you want a gift of something that helped you or that you liked that you enjoyed you want to give that you want to tell people about um God. do both <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to do my best right now to think what a benefit what would be such a, an ultimate benefit. Well, just something uh, that you liked, something that benefited you. Um, if anybody out there uh, is a fan of anime, uh, <laughs> the yeah. God of High School is wonderful. Uh, I've been watching that, and that just made me feel pretty good. Um, also, yeah, if you are if you're looking for a great uh, carrot cake recipe, uh, Southern Living <laughs> has the uh, ultimate carrot cake recipe that I think is one of the best things in the world. Uh, you let it soak in a, in a in a buttermilk glaze, and it's truly <laughs> the best carrot cake in the world. So I honestly you weren't joking about the baking, damn. <laughs> if you want to make the greatest carrot cake of all time, and I think more people need to get into it because uh, I think it's it's carrot cake is uh is a dividing point for some people and for me it is life <laughs> mm-hmm. wow yeah carrot and cake next to each other already makes me go <laughs> i'll be over there uh <laughs> and then what about your uh your personal plugs personal uh solomon giorgio on everything i'm the one and only if there is another please uh eviscerate them for me uh <laughs> <laughs> I will not be duplicated uh, in these streets. Hey, everybody, it's Baron, and this is the middle part. There's no songs, just me singing into the void. I'm an alone person right now, alone. Uh, singular in a room uh right now by myself alone me and my lonesome you know what i'm saying here's a concept that was thrown at me recently um and i have been uh chewing on this baseball for a bit uh my therapist said to me the other day he said yo do you know there's a difference between loneliness and solitude he didn't say yo i'm editorializing but I never heard that before. And this was born out of a conversation about the need to create, you know, that I, my job is to think up of dumb shit, you know, and uh, entertain people with it. You know, I care too much sometimes about the exchange of some truth, the exchange of some true idea. And I, I hold myself to the fire to challenge myself about my own truths, right? Um, which is sometimes is me rabbit holing because I uh, seek for means to not trust myself. Damn, I'm going on a tangent. Won't you co-sign geometry jokes? Okay. Um, <laughs> basically, what I'm trying to say is all of these ideas, all of these fantasies, all of these jokes, all of these things that I... I get paid to do now. That's my job. But all of that is born out of me having to entertain myself when I was alone. This is what I am now understanding as the experience of neglect. Is feeling no one is there for you in any kind of way. 
even when you are inside. You know, so it's kind of like I had to think of shit, you know, to to get by. I luckily had cable. You know, a lot of kids didn't have cable, but I didn't always have control of the cable. So then I, that was kind of it because I didn't have a lot of books. I didn't have a lot of CDs, blah, 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 listen to the radio. But I just, you know, made up scenes, made up my own jokes. Now I'm realizing that, like, these are the things that I, you know, made up in bed. I was like, oh, I would try these things out the next day on kids at school or whatever. Or I just kind of was being educated on how to smooth, slick, and comedy my way out of any fucking situation. But um, there is this dread that is embedded in going to the place I need to go to tell myself these stories. Because the place that these stories is born from is this place of tremendous loneliness. Which, by the way, is this uh, thing that I'm very angry about. We'll get to that. So sometimes I go like, oh, God, I, I'm going to feel so lonely. And so it's so painful sometimes. And I get lost in these worlds that I create, you know, which is why sometimes it's hard for me to finish it. Because then where I don't get to go back to the place. <laughs> Isn't that strange? I create these worlds and I hold on to them for myself. I don't want to share them with you. Because then I won't get to have them for myself when I need to escape when I'm in this place of loneliness. But the difference between that and solitude is choice. Huh. And this is the thing that I've been chewing on. The loneliness is my child self, right? I did not choose most of the time to be alone. I was left alone. I was left alone until it became the thing that I was used to more than anything else. It was a thing that I wanted. So then I began to choose it. Um, but that was something that was kind of thrust upon me. Solitude, however is something I choose. Loneliness is, ugh, I gotta go do this stuff and I'm gonna be alone. That's the dread that I fear, right? But solitude is, I choose now to go and play. This is where I'm trying to get to. People have said shit like this before to me, but I think that this is the first time that it's kind of cracking through, where it's like, okay, I get to go do this thing. Now, when I start to feel the expectation, when I start to feel the pressure, this is when the loneliness starts to come in, starts to feel like homework in some weird way. And I'm going to get graded. And uh, an F means my child starves, you know, no pressure and shit. But I go to this place of dread and then I deprive myself of anything that brings me joy. I don't have time for that. Oh, I can't call my friend. I can't even look at the text. I can't even look at these emails. I can't watch this show, play this video game. How dare I sit here and play the piano just for me? You've got shit to do, mister. It's like Arlie Ermy or some shit combined with Danny Glover. You know, I'm getting too old for this shit. You're a major malfunction. But, okay, that didn't make any sense. Um, 
but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that like I am sitting here punishing myself instead of having joy, taking a break. There is something to that rhythm, right? There is something to the, the, the ebb and the flow of creativity, I guess you could say. And I don't know why I spent so much time fighting myself, being like, no, head down, head down. See what I'm saying? Like I'm taking a test. Listen to that voice that comes out of me. Who is this person over here? This fucking angry ass teacher that's telling me to get to work. Why? But when I let myself experience joy, right? When I call my friend, when I check that text, not to, not to excess balance, right? But like now I'm seeing that like, oh, I can just play the piano for myself for a while. Or I can call my friend. Because I'm not looking at every text ever. It's just like, okay, these are like certain people. My inner circle, you know. Remember that band? <laughs> Slight tangent. But the point is, is that when I do things that bring me joy, they replenish me. They nourish me with fun, with play. And then I can finish my shit. I'm, of course, talking about, I guess the throwing clay process that's what i always call it i always think about creating shit as sculpture i start with a big ass lump of bullshit and then i pick away at it little by little until it makes sense i guess a lot of people think about like you have to start from scratch and then i'm like well i fucking have this lump i have to break through no i have to chisel through this fucking rock and just keep going until it looks like something. You know, a, a, a teacher once said, play right. I don't know if y'all know how that's spelled and shit. <laughs> W-R-I-G-H-T. Right? So that's rot. Like work. Not W-R-I-T-E. Like, oh, I write. It's more like I toil. I chip away at this rock until it's something. I don't know why I, I apply that to everything, but everything doesn't have to be that. By the way, I had a really great IG live with young Gene Lee, who is a fantastic playwright. Um, well, you know, among other things. And uh, I'm trying to do all these different things. Guys, what do you what do you want to hear? I don't even know. Some people have written me messages. Some people have written me some emails and stuff like that. I appreciate that. I think what I'm trying to say is leave me a review somewhere? A rating? Is this how this works? Hey, guys, how do I spread the fucking word? I'm not a self-starter. I'm just connected to the star. Durr. <laughs> that's the dumbest thing okay now i'm gonna go to uh katrina with caddy corner oh wait no wait i contradicted myself here it is
headed over to Los Feliz. <laughs> I am. I'm going to go on a walk. Yeah. Um, what is that like? <laughs> going what, on walk. going on walks? Yeah. Do you I not mean, go on walks with your kids? Is that too risky? No, not not right now. Yeah, it's been a little risky. I mean, look, these we we still don't know what the deal is with kids and this virus, especially uh -huh. the new variants. Um, and then also like you know we're kind of high risk over here. Like my wife is asthmatic. Okay. The yeah. the youngest one might be. There's still uh -huh. I I just feel like yeah, there's a lot of research. Blah 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 blah, but. It's also hard to just figure out where to go when we want to not be around a lot of people but be outside yeah. at the exact yep. same time. It's it's impossible. That's why I just go on walks because you're just keeping it moving wherever you are. But it is frustrating to want to go certain places outside and you can't go because everyone else is already outside there. Yeah. So yeah. like spots I used to go to all the time that were empty because there were all these other places to go are now the, you know, tripled in foot traffic because everyone wants to be outside now that normally could be inside. Mm, yeah. Well, that's exactly right. Because we didn't we didn't actually when we when we couldn't go outside, we didn't know how much we wanted to be. outside. That's how I feel. Like I go to Echo Park and I'm like, none of y'all were appreciating this before, but this is fine. <laughs> this is fine. Uh. I think you got to say that again and say, I, instead of y'all, I wasn't appreciating oh. this anymore. I hate to therapize. <laughs> oh, wait. Which way am I supposed to say it? <laughs> Use I statements, Katrina. That's what I'm saying. But where? You Which said part of that did I not say I? Echo I said I was enjoying it. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. I started with a hard I. <laughs> Okay, well, I'll cut all this. Uh, no. <laughs> the tapes will have the proof. No, but you're going to Los Feliz uh, to take a little bit of a walk. And um, I, I had a couple. I used to live there, and I had a couple nicknames for Los Feliz that never caught on. So if while you're on your walk, especially if you end up passing an earshot of someone else, if you feel like saying out loud any of these nicknames just randomly, you know, whichever one you connect with in that moment, you know, you got to feel it through. Connect to the molecules in the air. Uh, not too hard, though. Don't want you to get sick. But here are the nicknames. <laughs> Los Feliz. First of all, it's incorrect Spanish. Uh, the, the correct Spanish would be Los Feliz. Which, That's what I was thinking. I would know yeah. people that were born there that say it differently. How are you supposed to say it? Los Feliz. I mean, it's okay. it's not English, but Los Angeles is also not how that is yeah. said. So this is all like Spanish words that we, mm -hmm. we butcher to feel like exactly. we belong. You know what I'm saying? Anytime so, someone in Los Angeles is like, well, like listening to the radio and there's a bunch of Spanish stations in a row or something will happen. They're like, we're in Mexico. It's like, yeah, we are in Mexico. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> But yeah, that, that's correct because this all was right. Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Los Angeles was founded before there was the United States. This Los Angeles as a city, right. Los Angeles as a city, existed before. Yeah, that. so like I um, think about that anytime someone's like, if you are ever in Los Angeles and feel um, weird or off put by how much Spanish or Latin culture there is, you should because it's here and you are visiting it. <laughs> <laughs> And you are <laughs> racist. Look at yourself. Well, not even in the like racist. Just feel like feel not feel out. weird, but like 
or feel connected because it's like I now I lived in the valley for what four or five years now which is not whatever heart of Los Angeles or anything but there's a lot of Latin culture that I've learned about and like adopted into my life that I love and that I don't know you know what I mean I'm still very much an outsider too but it's like yeah I am an it's like still well able to enjoy it from that level and not I feel like I guess what I'm getting at is you can learn about something that is not of you and enjoy it and also not feel the need to bastardize it or make it a part of yourself you can constantly feel dis like no that's yeah. never gonna be me and I still love it that's not my shit <laughs> it's not supposed to be <laughs> And that's what I was going to say is that like, you know, what you're doing is there's there's the difference between look, there's a way to integrate into a community because, you know, gentrification is not only just the taking of land, but it's also the taking and the disappearing of mm -hmm. whatever culture was there before you. Sometimes, you know, obviously, you know, black and brown communities start to become more attractive when um, all the other space is <clears throat> taken up. So. You know, and I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm not a gentrifier mm -hmm. because black people can be gentrifiers, too. All right. Mm -hmm. It's 2021. -y. OK. <laughs> um, but there's a difference in integrating and erasing. People will move to a neighborhood mm -hmm. and then try to change it to what they want it to be into what they right. view as neutral, their own default, which is nothing should look like what it's like here. And then there's a difference between you didn't know this culture and then you that's the whole point you know i'm saying that you're displaying or you're saying like that's you live you that's in that discomfort like that's what, oh i did at one point or i probably have multiple times and just get high and forget but like if you complain about <laughs> ma mariachi music and you live in the valley shut the fuck up i can fall asleep to a trombone <laughs> without blinking an eye at this point they <laughs> like, what are you even complaining about? Like... Yeah, and that's that's one of those things where, you know, again, that's racial, though. I'm saying these things become embedded well, in, in like culture, just like mariachi music that's what I sucks. Feel like, the, like, why do you the think that? initial disconnect of me moving into a new building, hearing music that I did not grow up around, and even if the initial blanket human irritation to loudness when you want there to be quiet is then associated with a cultural dislike that you have but if at the core of it is mm -hmm, just that mm -hmm, someone mm -hmm. is being loud and you wish that they weren't be weren't and you stop there then you would have that problem with any neighbor but if you have that and then have to sit in oh i am also being disrupted by something that has nothing to do with me i don't understand and then either learn to not even learn to love it, but be like, yeah, this is something that happens where I am now and understand that you put yourself in a situation that you then have to evolve into instead of saying that this is a thing that needs to be removed from a situation that you put yourself in. Mm. Does that make sense? <laughs> well, let me, yes, it does. Let me, let me put you, let me put this to you because you know, there's this this notion I was thinking about this the other day, you know, when I was a kid, my mother moved to Las Vegas, Nevada, which is where I mostly grew up in like 89 or 88, something like that. Right. So if you were to look at history, now I understand that moving across the country 
because of a dream or a job was not yet normal. So it's like, now it's normal. People move from place to place all the damn time for jobs, for dreams, for love, for schemes. You know, whatever it is you got going on, it's not that you're expected to pick up and move. Mm -hmm. It's it's normalized, right? So, so this idea of leaving everything and everyone behind that you know, because most people hate everywhere that they came from these mm -hmm. days. People hate where they came from. Um, some people hate where they came from and they hate their own families. Mm -hmm. So they're like, I can't wait to get mm -hmm. out of insert place here. Right. So then they come to a different place, hoping to achieve their dreams can only afford to mm -hmm. be in a certain place and then try to change that place into they left. Yeah. what their dream or is not even and, what they left. But that's the thing too, about and, hating a place. And then you get to a place and you try to make yes. that place, everything you used to talk shit about. <laughs> Well, and here's the other thing. There's something about, you know, and I'm talking about white people, if I haven't been clear here. There is something about moving into a place of a culture where, you know, you said loud, and I guess I think about loud is more than just sounds. Sometimes it's uh, yeah. the smells of certain food, and sometimes it's the colors yeah. of certain and flags, <laughs> and, I, and maybe and some like kente cloth And that's the thing that I never think about that I've heard other people complain about, and it's like, you know how much I love walking in my hallway and smelling everything that I don't have the energy or effort to make. It's like, I, my hallway smells so good. Sometimes <laughs> I wish I could follow it. Like I wish I knew which door this was actually behind. I'm about to start knocking. Like it smells amazing in here. And I've heard people be like, Oh, it always smells in here. And it's like, even, well, I mean, I don't know. I'm Southern. My dad fries fish in the morning. So well, and that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that, like, what what is this obsession with? You know, we're a country who um, we buy more perfume and more things to make us yes. smell not like uh -huh. humans or to make our places smell like no one lives there than any other place in the world. And so there is this thing about um, I don't know what it is. If people need if they feel like their senses are overloaded. Yeah overloaded maybe because they're already stressed to all high hell so then they have like that's so yellow sometimes Get it is that people are boring their whole life has been really boring <laughs> and that is one thing about like coming from even what you were saying about black people being <laughs> able to gentrify at this point it's like i came from a suburb and now and then came to a place that was too expensive in la and then moved to the valley to a wrench controlled building that i will stay in until they kick me out because so I even moving here being like, yeah, mm. I can afford to live here by myself. There's whole families that say share the same space that I have for myself. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, you could, wait, why was I even saying all that? Um, no, I don't know, well, but I'm going to take it. I'm going to I'm going to pick no, up the in fumble. Terms of no, go like ahead. coming from a different place. And then this being it's like I moved to the valley and felt more at home around certain things that aren't in suburbia than someone that may not be brown and from suburbia moving to the same place I was and being like, all of these things are foreign. I'm like, oh, yay, these things are foreign. <laughs> but to my suburban life. You just said the, the key word. These are the words. These are the code words. Uh, did I say ethnic? ethnic? Foreign. No. Uh, well, uh, but these are the key uh, words. Ethnic, foreign, abnormal, mm -hmm. weird. Some people say funky, you know, like there's all these code words that are about, I don't like these people's mm -hmm. music. 
their food mm -hmm. and their clothes and sometimes their their voices because they 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 talk to each other and what is there 10 people in there getting along or something what are they doing in there having a family meal is that multiple generations of a family next door to me god one damn of, it i gotta work in the morning stop raising your children one of, in there. one of my mom's I'm sorry, favorite ahead. like she takes pride in how loud we are because i had an ex-boyfriend come over for thanksgiving and I oh, just cracked open, the, and he was not black. Uh, and I cracked open the door just as someone had obviously ended telling a joke. And it was just like this explosion of laughter. And he didn't care, but he was like, I thought you said they weren't having a lot of people over. And I was like, there aren't. Like, there were like five people in there. But the way the joke uh, broke, he was like, oh, are there more people here than you told me there were? And it was like, no. <laughs> Also, I love that that's his first no, concern. Was like, are there more people like, here? It was than you said there was, was going to be. On, like, did you? No, did you tell them your white boyfriend was coming? Like oh, a no. mistake of because he has a huge family and I have a small family. Normally, we go over there and there's no one but him and my parents. And so I was like, oh, my mom said like her mom or I was like, my mom said her friend and her daughter came over. And then like as we open the door, like I'm I'm saying as someone who knows these people, I also would have thought there were like ten people in there. Mm -hmm. But I was like, oh yeah, it's them. And he was like, oh, I thought you said it was just going to be that. And I was like, it is. And just like kept walking. And he was like, oh, I thought it was like, I was like, yeah, no, it's just. That's a sitcom <laughs> scene. Write it down. Um, I will not post this piece. No, but I guess this, what I'm trying to say is I think about this. Sometimes I think about like comedic indoctrination. You know, like comedy, we're always expressing what our fears and anxieties are. But I don't think that people understand, of course, how much of those fears and anxieties are racial or gender based. Just these these biases that we hold as supreme opinions. We go, oh, I feel uncomfortable in this place. Therefore, I should talk about it. But sometimes that feeds the thing. And I guess what I'm saying is I don't know how many movies and TV shows I have seen for decades where the symbol of. I'm in a shitty place is loud music, mm -hmm. mariachi music, you know, or African music or, uh, you know, or mm -hmm. smelly foods, you know, mm -hmm. well, I didn't know you could do that to an onion. <laughs> and then of course, flags, pride about one's, you know, culture or country, um, stuff like that. Those are always the symbols that I see to show that this hero of ours mm -hmm. is in the ghetto. <sighs> Look how they had to sink. They have to be around those people. And I'm saying that that is the thing that we have been told, beaten over the head with mm -hmm. for like decades of, Mari we don't even know that that's where that, oh, mariachi mu music mm -hmm. sucks. We don't even know that's where it came from. Is that somebody just thought it sounded weird, put it in a movie and then suddenly People just started putting that joke over mm -hmm. and over again, like a damn street joke until suddenly. But I would ask if that was correct. a chicken or an egg thing in terms of movies and film is, Go is on. it that that was, was that white directors and writers and producers looking from the outside and saying, this is where people evolved from, or were those places existing since, before we started movies 
and they were reflecting the things that were already fucked up about this country. I'm I'm saying it like is well, art perpetuates is... it, but it's not made up. No, no, no. I'm saying that it becomes no, no, no. You're absolutely correct. It's chicken mm -hmm. or egg, art imitating life, life imitating art, right? But what I'm saying is, if we continue to reinforce right. it without any knowledge, without any context of not only where it comes from, but it doesn't even have to be like, oh, I know where this idea comes from, but that we have to recognize what we might right. be subconsciously mm -hmm. confirming without knowing it. You know, that, oh, I think that these mm -hmm. this group of people is stupid because I've seen it mm -hmm. in movies so many times. And so it's like, maybe, and it depends on the intention of mm -hmm. whoever's making the film. You can tell, you can tell in the film if it's an easy joke or yes, someone's trying yes, to actually yeah. Or like, something. yeah, create a world or whatever, yeah. And I'm really talking about mm -hmm. easy jokes. Easy jokes are the most revealing. Oh, yeah. Where people think, oh, this is something that everyone universally thinks that because this group no of people's Because there's no such thing as common smells, knowledge. Right? Exactly. It's like what you are putting out as that is that sentence is everybody does this right. And the second that someone's like, no, you're like, oh, because you think that. It's even like this idea of like going home for the holidays, like for Thanksgiving or Christmas. I I didn't even know if I hated it before I saw 8 billion different movies that told me that it would suck. So when I got to the age that I was finally doing it, I'm like, oh, and of course everyone around mm -hmm. me is also saying the same thing, whether or not it's true or not. But I just fell into that. No, that's a really subtle well, random I feel example. like you could say the same you thing what about saying? what you said earlier about people, which this is true, but people quote unquote hating where they grew up and never wanting to go back and all that. I did all of that. Mm -hmm. because which part of it was true but I think that part of it was that indoctrination of like there's no way I could possibly go back and be happy here like I had no faith in my ability mm. to do that and I think that one thing that I really did uh, I like connect very much with that Solomon said and I feel like it kind of mm -hmm. was a version of manifestation that I kind of carried with me when I moved here was mm -hmm. that like I got a, I tried to get a job anywhere else but Jacksonville and I ended up getting one there. And so I was like, great, I have to go back home. This is going to fucking suck. And then it was just like <laughs> one day being like, well, wait, it doesn't have to be like me going back to Jacksonville like it was in high school. Like I can make this Jacksonville whatever version of it I want. I can hang out with whoever I want. I can go to different mm. things. Like I started going to art. Walk. I started going to art walk and being like, this has been happening the whole fucking time. I could have been doing this in high school, having this much fun, listening to people freestyle at 11 o'clock at night. Like I could have been doing this the whole time. And so it was kind of like deciding that not that I pictured any of that happening, but just being like, it doesn't have to be me walking around the same mall that I had my first job in every weekend. The second that I decided it didn't have to be that boring and I uh, wouldn't want to stick my head in an oven. It was awesome. Hmm. Yeah, you get to choose. And like Who build the world you want. You don't have to immediately yeah. fall back and do yeah, all like those reality is reality, patterns. but to a certain extent, in your mind, depending on what you can focus on in terms of what good happened that day or whatever you can, what freedom you do or don't have, like you can create whatever level of yeah.
Reality is reality, but choice is yours. No. Right. <laughs> and on that, I'll talk to you next time here. That was a good one. <laughs> Are we getting good at this? Baron, I don't we know. might be getting All good right, at this. All right, calm down. We'll hear, we'll hear. I'm just happy. We'll come back on this uh, next time on <laughs> What Gets Your Cat here with Katrina Davis. <laughs> Stony Island.